The Cyclone Fanatic Podcast is fueled by Cody Road and recorded in the Wild Rose Casino and Hotel Studio. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Reaction Time. We are here to talk all things Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. I um, I have been sick again, <laughs> so if I sound like it, I'm sorry. I um. Uh, I don't know what the heck's going on. My immune system's down. Got to figure it out. I know. Well, thankfully, it didn't involve me missing any wrestling. So, um, but yeah, Iowa, Iowa State was in Oklahoma to go up against Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. They won against Oklahoma, thirty-seven to four, and unfortunately lost twelve to twenty-one against the Cowboys. So, initial thoughts and takeaways, Ben. Initial thoughts are the Oklahoma dual meet went almost exactly how I expected it to. I mean, that's pretty much in range of what I thought. I mean, I thought Oklahoma might get one more point if uh, Stephen Buchanan got a tech fall. But (laughs) other than that, I mean, that was pretty much in range of what I thought. Oklahoma State was a little bit disappointing um, just because when I saw on paper, I I saw when now part of that was assuming Cody Chittum would wrestle. He didn't. He suffered a concussion um, apparently on the Tuesday probably right after media yeah. availability. Um, so he wasn't able to go. So part of my assumption was him wrestling. The other part was some guys like Kyson Terakina and Anthony Echemendia getting wins, and neither of them did. So um, a little bit of a disappointing loss there. But uh, for the Oklahoma duel, I mean, there was a couple standouts for me. Um, one was Anthony Echemendia. I mean, he got a tech fall against Caden Smith, 23-7. And that that really boosted my confidence of what he could do against Oklahoma state because he's going to get a top 10 guy against um, the Cowboys there. So it's like, all right, let's see what he can do against that guy. Unfortunately uh, took all the shots, but wasn't able to finish them and then lost it in sudden victory. So that one was a little bit disappointing. Um, Casey Swiderski in the Oklahoma duel uh, beat Willie McDougald eight to three. That was a great win. McDougald while he's ranked in the thirties right now is a guy that gave All-American Jarrett Dagan a ton of problems back when Dagan <laughs> yeah. was wrestling for Iowa State. So I like seeing that from Casey Swiderski, especially coming off the injury. Um, so good win for him there. And then MJ Gaetan was great just because, I mean, he's down 6-2 to two or whatever. He's on top, and then he just gets a headlock on the guy and pins him. It's like, when's the last time I've seen that in a college match? I don't know that I have. Just <laughs> you're on top, headlock, pin. You see that in high school sometimes when you got a really good guy against a kid who's probably not ready for it. Um, so you see it in high school, but then he locked that thing up tight in college against a, a top, not top-ranked guy, but a top-30 guy and pinned him in the second period. It's like, all right, well, that was a thing. And then I can't go a dual meet without mentioning Younger Bastida. <laughs> of um, course not. He won 14-4 against Josh Heinzelman, who is uh, number 11 in the country. So a uh, major decision against a top-ranked opponent and maybe the move of the heavyweight season this year. He bear-hugs Heinzelman and just slams him down as hard as I've seen a heavyweight be slammed down. Uh, I asked Dresser about that during Tuesday's media availability, and Dresser chuckled at him. He's like, yeah, that was almost criminal what he did to him. Uh, he's like, I have never seen a 250 pound guy get slammed down like that, but I'm guessing that hurt quite a bit. Um, so yeah, younger just continues to be and do younger things. There was a time in that Heinzelman match though, where he almost gave up a takedown, taking a bad shot. (laughs) And I'm like, Oh no, younger, don't ruin your takedown ratio because right now he's only been taken down once. And that was off a bad shot. So 
take away that bad shot they took early in the season, Younger hasn't taken hasn't been taken down this season. So, um, yeah, Oklahoma was great. I, again, it's pretty much exactly what I thought would happen. Oklahoma State, mm, disappointing. Uh, Kyson Terakina lost four to two against number twenty uh, Troy Bratley, and again, that's one where. Kyson, we've seen you beat the number two guy, Eric Barnett from Wisconsin, who Kyson beat by major decision very handily earlier this season, is ranked number two. We've seen Kyson beat the number two guy in the country handily. And then now he's losing to top 20 guys who he should beat. He's mm-hmm. going to sudden victory against unranked guys. Like That's one where I'm like, Kyson, you got to figure it out, buddy. Um, Anthony Esramendia lost in Sun Victory. That's one where, again, he took all the shots. He's less than number nine guy in the country, and um, Tegan Jamison, like, we see the potential there. We see what he can do. I want him to get there. Um, uh, David Carr, on the other end of it, super standout, wrestling number four, Isaac Olenek, beats him eight to one, darn near major decision. Uh, David Carr just kind of continues to prove that he is the best or second best yeah. guy in the weight, like the Julian Ramirez loss against Cornell or in the tournament uh, because he didn't wrestle against Cornell. Um, Julian didn't wrestle. Uh, it's proving to be a little bit of a fluke probably. So um, I like seeing that from David Carr. Uh, MJ Gaetan, he's a guy that did get it done in sudden victory. Love seeing that. Um, and then younger Bastida against number nine, Connor Doucette, seven to two. Uh, again, almost a major decision, takedown away against a top 10 opponent. So uh, liked what I saw from some guys, didn't like what I saw from other guys. And it's just one of those things where if a few of those things go the other way, namely 125, 141, and if Cody Chittam wrestles, I think that you're, you're looking at a different result there. Yeah, no, I completely agree with everything you said. Um, it just, Kaisen cannot be going to sudden victory. Against an unranked guy. You just can't. If you're wrestling a top 10 guy and you go to sudden victory, Fine. great. Try to find a way to get it done. An unranked guy, beat him by major decision or tech fall. Like, what are we doing here? So, it's, you kind of said it earlier. It was like, it's kind of like beating a dead horse at this point. And I, I tweeted it. It's like, do you want to be the guy that we just hope you keep it to a decision? Cause that's where I'm at. Mm-hmm. Just don't give up bonus points. At this point, if you're going to lose, then just try not to lose by bonus points. And that's not a place we should want to be with him. And I can't get into his head. There's only so much coach can do right in these situations. And I would love to know what's going on in Kyson's head just because I remember how excited he was after the Wisconsin duel to what he is producing now. It's just night and day difference. I don't understand it. I don't get it. I'm just kind of over it. Yeah, it makes it makes no sense. I asked Dresser about it during media availability and what, what has to happen for Kyson to get over the hump? And Dresser said, unfortunately, what he has said pretty much every time we've asked him that question. He's like, with Kyson, it comes down to the details. Details on the mat, he was in on the leg of Troy Sparrow several times, was unable to finish. So technically, needs to be more detailed. And then, like he says every time, and he needs to be more detailed off the mat. What does that mean specifically? Coach knows. Um, he's not going to tell us that, but... Um, he needs to be more detailed off the mat. We can assume what that means. And people that know are within wrestling probably know what that means. Um, Probably some lifestyle things that Kais needs to clean up. But um, yeah, it's just one of those things where it's like, we see your ability and potential. Mm -hmm. Why can't that be consistent? So. Well, we'll have to see how he decides he wants to finish the season. Since 
like we've said, 125 is kind of a toss up. If you're, if you're bored, totally go and check out the field. 125 is all over the board. The big heads in wrestling are constantly talking about that weight. And I would love to have Kyson be in that conversation, but he kind of excused himself from it. So um, anyways, looking at other guys, Anthony Echemendia, that was one where I felt for him. I could tell he was pissed after his match mm-hmm. against Oklahoma State. And I was mad for him, but it's one of those where it makes me think of David when he wrestles guys who wrestle him while trying to not wrestle him. And David's so good, he can find ways to force them to wrestle him. And that's essentially what Anthony's going to have to do. There's just going to be guys like this match where Jameson was just retreating backwards the whole time. And it sucks, but it's like Anthony's just going to have to learn how to complete the shot. You got to you gotta figure it out, man. If they won't wrestle, you got to force them. And If they won't wrestle you and the ref won't call a stall call. Like <laughs> yes. some of this, again, I'm not going to be a ref's guy necessarily, but <laughs> It does depend on the ref every now and again. Like we've seen some refs in Hilton have some pretty quick stall calls. And yep. I'm in I'm in total favor of that. Call a stall call. Okay. Early and often. Yeah. I'm okay with that. Um but this was a situation where the ref wasn't gonna call those stall yeah, calls. No. And Anthony still needs to find a way. So So yeah, and I think Anthony is a guy that will figure it out. I agree. He will. He's I wasn't worried about it. I know some people are disappointed and I mean it is, right? Jameson got the shot when it mattered, but I don't see Anthony letting something like this happen to him again. But, um, yeah, and I mean, like you said, the younger Bastida, there's a picture of it. It is just insane to me. I know we've asked Younger about it before, and he's just kind of like, yeah, I I don't have much thoughts going on. But I would love to just know, like, what's his brain like in that exact moment before he just, like, bear hugs him? Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine. Um, Something I would like to talk about, Helgeson got sent in. People have been asking to see someone else. Um, And he went up against Stephen Buchanan, and he did exactly what I expected him to right? He's younger. He doesn't. I felt he would he would be the perfect matchup for this in that he probably wouldn't overthink it as much as someone like Broderson, who's older, who's more seasoned, who I think would yep. kind of let his mental get in the way. And Helgeson hung in there as much as he could against number two Stephen Buchanan. So I thought that was exciting, despite obviously it still resulted in a tough loss. But I mean, Stephen Buchanan is a monster. So. I expected a pin or tech fall, and neither one of those happened. Mm-hmm. So, like, legitimately good on Helgeson. <laughs> Which, same uh, thought process, Evan Frost went up against Dayton Fix. I know in the matchup they used uh, coaches' rankings, so it looked like Dayton Fix wasn't ranked. If you don't know who Dayton Fix is, you're probably, you didn't even question it, but, like, Dayton Fix is a top. World-class yeah, wrestler. Like, this is a top guy in the globally so when I looked at Evan Frost going into this match, I was just, I was expecting a loss. That's not a mm-hmm. hit on Evan at all. It's just winning against State and Fix is really hard. Not just anyone's going to do it. No. So I fully expected him to lose, and for him to only lose 11-3 to is impressive in itself. I know some people were kind of questioning it, like, oh, that was a disappointing loss. No, it wasn't. It was not. It's very expected. Dayton Fix is a, go look at his resume. We could sit here and do an entire episode about all of Dayton Fix's accolades. Yep. 
So that was not surprising at all for me. I was surprised people were upset. Um, I was just excited he didn't lose, right? like we've said, in a pin, in a tech fall before the match even ended. Um, he lost by major decision. Yeah. So that's that's a hopeful, that's a promising loss. Yeah, and Evan Frost is a freshman. That's important to remember. Dayton Fix, I think, is in his sixth or seventh year wrestling college. Mm -hmm. He's had an Olympic red shirt. He's had a red shirt. He might have had a medical year. I don't remember that specifically. Um, but he's been around a long, long time. Like him and Austin Gomez, I think, were in the same class. And somehow both of them are still wrestling, which Crazy. figure that one out for me. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, Evan Frost losing is not, that was not unexpected at all is very expected um and he's still he's still ranked number eight he's still uh in that all-american conversation mm -hmm. and i think that's another important thing to note is there are levels to these things like david carr is in the upper echelon of all-american meaning he will compete for a national championship guys like evan frost and will feldkamp are competing for all-american but they are not competing for national championships like Neither one of those guys, in my opinion, has a realistic shot at winning a national championship. It's just, it's not going to happen. That's not a slight on them. It's not a slight on them at all. Being an All-American is really, really hard. And if they do that, that's a huge success for the both of them. But having national championship expectations for them as fans is unreasonable. If they want to have those expectations for themselves, great. I think they should. But the only guys as fans, as media members, that we should have national championship expectations for are David Carr and younger Bastida. That's it. Like they, those two bare minimum, all American top four finish bare minimum. Mm -hmm. And even a top four finish would be disappointing. Both of those guys, in my opinion, should probably be wrestling on Saturday night in the championship round. Younger's a little bit more iffy. It depends on the match against Wyatt Hendrickson goes. But besides Wyatt Hendrickson, I mean, it's younger and Greg Kirkfleet. So like younger at minimum finishes number three to me. And then David, David, I think is top two and we'll figure that match out against Keegan O'Toole. So um, I think there's I think there's important conversations to be had as March approaches on what's realistic expectations for some of these guys. Like Anthony Echemendia, he's a guy legitimately, he could win. Like we've seen him go toe-to-toe -to -toe with Real Woods, the guy who's ranked number one mm -hmm. right now. But we've seen him struggling against some other guys. So like, sure, he could compete for a national title, but I think somewhere in that three to seven range or three to eight range is more reasonable for him. So, um, yeah, expectations are important to have. Kyson Terakina, man, we've seen him have All-American potential, but at this point, you can't expect it. At yeah. this point, you got to go to the NCAA tournament. He'll qualify for that. Great. Score a few team points. And if you get hot, great. But you can't expect that at this point from Kyson. So, um, I mean, it is what it is, but um, I think... Yeah, Will Feldkamp is pretty much the dean of he has a ceiling and his ceiling is probably number six. Like he could finish in top six, but he's not going to finish any higher than that. Like we saw it against Dustin Plott from Oklahoma State. And you knew it beforehand if you knew wrestling at, at a high level. Like Julie, uh, Will Feldkamp wasn't going to beat Dustin Plott. He's not going to beat Parker Kekeisen. Those mm -hmm. things aren't going to happen. Um, so can you finish on the podium for Iowa State? Can you score enough team points to where Iowa State can still finish with the team trophy? Because if you do get David Carr winning a national title and you do get younger Pistita competing for or winning a national title, get a few more All-Americans, you're right there for the team standing. So you're not going to beat Penn State. That's not going to happen. But you can still win a team trophy. So, yeah, I think expectations are going to be important to talk about as we get closer to March here.
Yeah, and I mean, especially I understand walking out of a duel like Oklahoma State where I think as a collective, we all felt pretty confident Iowa State was going to win. And that and that was fair. That was a very fair assumption to make. And unfortunately, Oklahoma State showed up the better team. And that, you know, that happens. They were wrestling on the road. Shout out to Oklahoma State. We, we talked about it. They have worked their ass off to be back in the top five. And um, a few things just didn't work out in Iowa State's favor. But there were some... Uh, some feedback from fans after specifically like well Feldkamp we can talk about him how he's been kind of a flop for some people I think the complete opposite Will Feldkamp has done what we expected him to do right he's stepping up where he um, where he uh, he's pinned guys he's winning he's bringing in bonus points in some duels and in this one specifically yeah I didn't expect him to beat Dustin Plot. like you just can't like you said number two guy in the country and I don't know if Will thought he could yeah so um and I hope he does you know that's great I hope they all have the egos where they believe they can win those matches but I think it's okay to also kind of step back and acknowledge when opponents like Dayton Fix and Rob, <clears throat> sorry, not Rob, Plot, Dustin Plot are just guys that you're just not going to win. Yeah. And um, it'd be like David Carr wrestling the number 10 guy mm-hmm. and the number 10 guy beating him and or the number 10 guy losing to Carr and then the opposing fans being mad that their guy lost to David Carr. Good example. You're not going to beat David Carr. Like, right. I'm sorry, unless your name's Keegan O'Toole or you're <laughs> very lucky Julian Ramirez, you're not going to beat him. So... Um, and Julian Ramirez is also a top five guy. So it's just one of those things where there, there are very big and specific levels to this, where if you're a championship contender, you're way better than the number eight guy. It's just the way it is. At least, unless you're at 125. 125 is totally open. But at most weights, the top two or top three, there's a clear separation between those guys and the rest of the field. So, And it's so hard. It is so hard. I'm sure once we get closer to March, we'll talk more about this and there's like stats that prove like just how hard it is to be one, one of the top two guys mm-hmm. at each weight. Um, but I mean, some of these guys can surprise you, but when we say surprise you, we're not saying, yeah, Will Feldkamp's going to be up number one, number two, number three, you know, it just, it just isn't. And that's okay. But he's still doing a great job. I'm still having fun. Yeah, I think he's doing great. I, I agree. I would love to see what he's like up against Parker Kekkaizen. Oh. Parker Kaizen is a powerhouse. He's doing great things. Where were they? This, they were down in were Oklahoma down the, too. Yep. I was gonna say. Who'd and they, Kaizen beat Plot. I was gonna say who was it? Was it in that that he silenced everyone mm-hmm. and everyone started booing him? Yep. I love it. I love that for Kit Kaizen. Huge Kit Kaizen fan over here. Um, Jason Kreiser. Yeah. He got a stall call. I was like, what the heck? That kid does not stop squirreling nope. all over the mat ever, even if he was to be stalling. I just, I was shocked by that one. But I was thinking of him because we're talking about expectations and what's the ceiling for guys. And I was thinking of him because his run at the NCAAs this past year was, um, he shocked us. He went farther than we thought here and some points for the team and that's what you can ask for, right, from some mm-hmm. of these guys. And I thought of him. It was good to see him back out there. He uh, he stepped up with Cody Chittam out. So. Yep. Yeah, it was good to see him back on the mat. I mean, he's it, it's nerve-wracking to watch him wrestle. <laughs> but know. it is fun to watch him wrestle. So. 
Sorry, Ben. I was going to say, I think I saw Eli, who covers wrestling for the register, say, I get the cardiac <laughs> Kreiser thing now. Yep. So, yeah, and I'm not even sure you saw the true cardiac Kreiser this weekend. He's had some crazier matches than this one's, or these ones. So, um, yeah, is what it is. And while we're talking about expectations and um, things like that, mm -hmm. one person that we should mention is Julian Broderson. Oh, yeah. And I think it's pretty um, representative that we kind of almost forgot to mention him. <laughs> Just because, no offense to Julian Broderson, I think he's a legitimate Division One wrestler. Yep. But I think that's what he is. Like, he's not going to compete for an All-American. He's not going to beat anyone that's ranked higher than him. And he's probably not going to lose anyone ranked lower than him. Like, he is what he is. And I think some people, I don't know necessarily where the expectations came from, but, like, they expected more from him from Iowa. And, like, it would have been great if we got more from him. I'm not saying it wouldn't have. Mm -hmm. It would have been great. Or they wanted more from him against Oklahoma State. Again, I it would have been great, but that's not those aren't my expectations for him. Again, I want him to have higher expectations. I want the coaches to have higher expectations, but those are not my expectations from him. So, um, Julian Broderson is what he is. He's proven it for four years. He is this wrestler. He is a Division One wrestler who will probably make the NCAA tournament. And if he scores a team point, that's great. That's what he is. Well, and I think people also then get really worked up, right? They're like, well, what about Helgeson? Or um, what about all the other guys in the room? And clearly they've, they've done it. They've done the wrestle-offs. And I'm not surprised that Julian probably does indeed edge them out. Like, I'm sure he's just one step, two steps ahead of those guys. Because he's older, he's been at it longer. And like you said, yeah, people just kind of woke up with really high expectations for him this season. And that's great. We should want higher expectations of these guys. Iowa State wants to be part of the conversation. They're number four in the country right now. Um, but yeah, Julian Broderson is just not going to be the guy that I think people are expecting him to be. And I think the faster they um, can figure that one out, they they'll be able to enjoy the duels. It's like once we get to the end of that, right, we get to that 197 match, people just get so worked up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I get it, but at the end of the day, Julian Broderson's the guy. We haven't really seen any other reason to believe it's not going to be him besides the coaching decision to put Helgeson against Stephen Buchanan, which I think was a good one. Mm -hmm. And I, I tweeted my explanation around that one. Um, but I don't know. It's just... I'm glad people are feeling so passionate, <laughs> but like you said, we gotta we gotta rearrange a few thoughts here so that we can enjoy wrestling. Because a point you forgot to bring up, what was it? Will Feldkamp has got ranked higher. Yeah, he moved up from number <laughs> ten to number eight after his loss to Dustin Plot. So um, again, the people who follow wrestling really closely and rank the wrestlers moved him up. Right. So. I mean, that is what it is. And like Julian Broderson, I think part of the reason why people get so worked up about him losing is he's at the end of the dual meet. Mm -hmm. He's when when the dual meets are close, he is relied on in those moments. And we might forget about a Kaisen Terakina or we might forget about a, a Jason Kreiser or someone like that or an Anthony Echemendia. So uh, I think part of it is his position in the lineup being at 187. Also, I'd like to make the point, if he is Iowa State's biggest hole, like biggest, there were times when Iowa State had way bigger holes than Julian Broderson. Right. Like Julian Broderson's still a top 30 wrestler. That's in line to qualify for the NCAA tournament. And, I mean, again, if he scores a team point, 
that's bonus, but um, should qualify for the NCAA tournament. There were times when Iowa State had two to three holes that you looked at a dual meet. It's like, all right, well, they have no shot, just none. Like, and you look at the postseason. It's like they're not going to qualify. They have no chance at qualifying. So, um, if Julian Broderson is Iowa State's biggest hole, I'm pretty happy with that. Like, there were times I think it was last year Iowa State or one of Iowa's wrestlers didn't even qualify for the NCAA tournament. I'm not saying Julian's going to qualify. He still has to wrestle and get earn that spot, mm-hmm. but he's in line to do it. So um, it's just one of those things where I get why people can be frustrated because he's not a guy who lets lets it all out there when he does wrestle. That's not that's again that's never who he's been. We've seen it for four years. That's mm-hmm. not who he is. Um, so I can get that frustration part of it, but like, where do these expectations come from that he's supposed to be beating? these top ranked wrestlers. So, yeah. Well, and at least we know that when Julian's on, Julian's on. Yep. Right? He's given us these explosive pins where he very clearly dominates over his opponent and I'm sure we might see it before the end of the season. Um, but yeah, I think he's just one of those where I'm just I wish I could from my perspective and my expectations for him, I would just like to see him go out there and throw it out there just because I feel like in the time we've covered him, been around him, gotten to know him, I just feel like he is in his head. Yeah. That is my that's my kind of assessment of him. I feel like he's so caught up in his head that I can't even tell if he's having fun sometimes. And that's that's what I'm looking for. I just want to see him throw it out there. I want to see him do what Helgeson did against Stephen Buchanan. That's what I want to see. I'm not sitting here too caught up in the, is he going to win or lose? Is he going to win or lose? But, yeah. And that's not saying fans shouldn't, again, before someone gets mad at us. Have expectations. We should want people to win. But unfortunately, we are just not in a position to be like the Penn States of the world where we can sit and look at that lineup and be like, win, 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 win. Yeah. Number one, <laughs> so. number two, number one, number three, number one, number four. How is he number four? He needs to be better. Like, that's. Unfortunately, that's not the spot Iowa State's in. So, um, if yeah, Iowa State does get West Virginia this upcoming weekend. Yeah, which Friday um, night that should be a fun one. West Virginia is a team on the rise. They just hired a not this year, I think it was the year before, but they hired the old Edinburgh coach who was at Edinburgh for like twenty some odd years. If you if you're in the wrestling, we do know Edinburgh was a top team for a long time. Not like a top top team, but like they were formidable. Um, so they, the West Virginia's on team on the rise right now. Iowa state should still win and win pretty handily, mm-hmm. but West Virginia does have a couple, couple guys in the top 10, top 25 that are going to give some guys a test. The most, probably the two most notable are at 149 and 165. Uh, Casey Swiderski coming off his, um, uh, knee scope is going to get uh, number seven, Ty waters of West Virginia, who's uh, a freshman. And that's going to be a theme that you notice with a lot of these ranked West Virginia wrestlers as their freshmen. Again, team on the rise. And I talked with Casey a little bit about this during media availability. And apparently uh, Ty Waters, I haven't seen him wrestle yet, is a guy that likes to roll around on the mat and get funky and do things like that. And if you know Casey Swiderski, that's not him at all. <laughs> like Casey Swiderski is going to go straight at you and he's going to be pretty mean about it. Um, so I'm interested to see how that matchup works uh, just because... The key to wrestling those funky guys is finishing quick. And Casey's mean enough, I think, <laughs> to do that. Like, he, if he gets your ankle, because he does those low singles, those ankle picks, those heel picks quite a bit, um, he'll put your face in the mat. <laughs> he's going to 
I think he I think this could be a good matchup for him. I think the guy will probably try to roll around a little bit and make Casey uncomfortable. But again, I think Casey's mean enough to make him pay for that too. If they get in a awkward situation, I think Casey might wrench on a knee a little bit and force a potentially dangerous to make the guy think twice about doing that again. <laughs> so um I'm I'm really interested to see that matchup just because I think that's one Casey matches up well in. Yeah, I agree. I love having Swiderski back. I think that was one of the things I definitely took away from this weekend was it is good to have his um, his presence. He is just so dang good, and I love his feistiness. I love just how mean he is. I just look forward to guys like that, and we see it a lot, obviously, during the Iowa duel because it just <laughs> emotions run high, and those guys are always ready for a good uh, back and forth, but I definitely like the idea of seeing Casey not only in a ranked high match like this, but where he's going to be kind of be forced to be uncomfortable against a style that does not match his. So that'll be fun, especially at Hilton. And then, like you said, um, what was the other one? Gosh, 165. 165. It's always good to see David in those tough matches. Our days are numbered with David at Hilton, which is insane. Mm -hmm. uh, they're doing senior night this Friday against in this duel against West Virginia. They still have you and I and Missouri at home. I don't have an answer right now as to why they're having senior night right now. I did ask, but I haven't gotten an answer. <laughs> um, so just keep that in mind that they will be honoring seniors on Friday. I believe it's after the duel. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm sure some emotions might be running high there, but yeah, David Carr, always good to see him in high matches, especially just because not everyone gets to see him at NCAAs up close. So another good opportunity to see him against good competition. Um, it's weird to see David in a match where he doesn't win by bonus points. It is. And, yeah, so he's getting Peyton Hall from West Virginia. And if you didn't follow uh, the wrestling weekend this last weekend super closely, Peyton Hall was up 6-1 to one against number one Keegan O'Toole in the first period. Keegan O'Toole did come back and win, won the match. Yep. But the fact that Peyton Hall made it that close, and it was a close match. I think it ended up being like eight to six or eight to seven or something eight like that. Eight to seven. Eight to seven. Um, so, like, it, he pushed Keegan into the brink. So that's going to be interesting to see what happens with David Carr. Last year, um, David Carr and um, Peyton did wrestle, and Carr won that match eight to two. And with the new takedown rules, that is that ends up being a major decision. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I would like to see a major decision from Carr. One, just because he, Peyton Hall just pushed Keegan O'Toole to the brink, so <laughs> yeah. it'd be a nice little ego thing for us. Um, <laughs> but two, I, I'd like to see bonus points. I mean, that's just yeah. that's what I expect from David Carr, unless he's wrestling Keegan O'Toole. I mean, even against Isaac Olenek this last weekend, he almost got major decision against the number three ranked guy, and that's what I'm talking about. There's levels to these things, and David Carr and Keegan O'Toole are on a different level than most of the rest of the field. So prove it. Yeah, it'll be a good one. It'll be a good one. Um, I'm glad West Virginia's getting better. Me too. I want these Big 12 schools to be um, good, and West Virginia being one of the OGs. It's always good to have them up on the rise, especially having these ranked freshmen come into Hilton and, you know, go up against Iowa State. Yeah. The last ranked freshman is um, Brody Conley at 174, and he's getting fellow Iowa State freshman MJ Gaetan. Um, who's ranked 23, 22 this week. So 17 versus 22. Um, and this is one where MJ is a very good wrestler, mm -hmm. but I have no idea what to expect from him week in and week out. 
yeah. just because kind of a wild card. He throws it out there, which is what we'd like to see from Julian. Uh, but he absolutely does throw it out there and he'll pin a guy uh, with a headlock on top, <laughs> which again, haven't seen at a college level. Um, or sometimes he'll give up three takedowns in the first period to have a tough time coming back. So um, hard to know what to expect, but man, it's just, it's exciting to watch him wrestle. And I think that's what I'm excited for here. Two freshmen, two up and comers that will probably be um, running the big 12 for a couple of years. So that's one that I'm excited to look forward to. I feel like MJ is just as angry as Casey Swiderski. He just hides it better. Yeah. Like, I feel like he's a naturally quiet guy. But when we have spoken to him, and I remember when I asked him what it felt like to go out against Iowa as, like, the wild card, he just kind of, like, seemed smug about it, like, in a good way. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I like that. I like that about him. He, I'm excited to see what he does and how he continues to grow um, as a D1 athlete. Cody Chittum, coach said he'll be back. Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Cody Chittum did clear concussion protocol. Coach said on Tuesday, um, said he's working out. So if he has no setbacks, um, which knock on wood, he should be ready um, for West Virginia on Friday. He's a, he's also a crazy man. Love yes, to have is. him in the lineup. His absence is definitely noticed. Yep. So, um, but yeah, no, I'm excited. We'll we'll both be there, I assume. Mm -hmm. Okay, I yep. was going to say, I don't see you missing it. Nope, I'll be there. So I'm excited. I feel like we haven't been there in years. Well, it feels like years. You didn't cross-country ski. If you no. would have broke out the cross-country skis, Jackie, you could have joined Ankeny? me. From Ankeny? Cross-country yeah. ski through the back roads. Gosh, what's the highway called? Whatever it is. I don't know either. I take it sometimes. There's a, <laughs> yep, just take take that straight to Hilton. God, that would have been miserable. That would have been a long, long trek. <laughs> Um, no, I'm excited. I'm excited to be back. Um, I'm excited to do like actual physical work instead of like sitting and watching on the couch, which don't get me wrong. It's a nice little break, but we're, we're about to be in the real thick of it. Mm -hmm. Gosh, this snuck up on us. Um, any final thoughts? No, it, it sneaks up on us every year. It's just one day we're in December and the next day we're staring January right in the eyes. So I know not January. March. March. March right in the eyes. I so, know. I'm just crazy. I'm just waiting for our emails to come in with like time to apply for yep. Big 12s and NCAAs. So um shout out to Andy, by the way. Yeah. Andy Stubbs. He is one of the finalists for D1 SID of the year for the NWMA Awards. Yeah. That's our SID. Yeah. Sports information director for those that don't know the acronym. He is essentially the person who does all of the notes. For Iowa State Wrestling. So if you go to cyclones.com, you look up the wrestling notes, he compiles all those and he also sets up all the interviews for us. So yeah. Um I was his editor at the Iowa State Daily. So look, fun fact there. Look where we are now. Yeah. He uh and he's honestly funny. I tell him, he's I'm great. like, you don't get enough credit for how clever you are. Yep. But like he's also the one that sends out all the funny tweets. Mm -hmm. So I just wanted to give a shout out to Andy who does plenty for us. Yes, he does. So yep, good kid. Not a kid anymore. Good guy. <laughs> I was going to say, am I, am I older than him? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. For sure. I don't like the way you said that. Sorry. Yeah, no, I'm pretty sure he's only like 24, 25. So. <gasps> oh, God. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Maybe he's 26. Andy, <laughs> let me know. Text me. But I, he's young. Andy, if you're listening, let us know. <laughs> Anyways, guys, as always, you can follow along on Twitter. We'll be tweeting all the stuff. We'll be at the duel. I'll be taking pictures. 
all the fun jazz, all the fun things. <laughs> um, and as always, shout out to our friends at Fairway. Go do all your grocery shopping at Fairway. I do it. It's a great time. Quick little walk around the uh, market. Go buy all your meat there, I'm sure. Chris has some clever lines of how to promote the meat market at Fairway, but I'm not as clever as my boss. But All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll be back next week.